0: August 23rd, 2019. Fans at Disney's D23 Expo were buzzing from viewing the first trailer for the upcoming series, The Mandalorian. The energy in the room was palpable. But the moment for Star Wars wasn't over just yet. Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm, had one more surprise in her back pocket. As the audience continued to digest what it saw in the trailer... Kennedy returned to the stage.
1: Before leaving, we do have one more announcement. After secrets and fibs and not being able to talk about it, I am thrilled to bring out a beloved member of the Star Wars family. Music swells. <laughs>
2: Kathleen, Kathleen, can you ask me, in front of all of these people, all of these witnesses, can you please ask me, am I going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again?
1: Ewan? Yes? Are you going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again?
0: Yes. (laughs) with that reveal lucasfilm officially announced that an obi-wan series would be coming to the disney plus streaming service and that mcgregor would once again don the jedi robes and return to tatooine to play the mentor of anakin skywalker and his son luke at the time of the announcement little was known about the series but the company planned to begin filming sometime in 2020 And now, three years after that D23 reveal, Star Wars fans will finally have the chance to see Obi-Wan grace the small screen for a six-episode miniseries. This is an exploration of the origins of the Kenobi series and how it slowly materialized. This is a look at the show's transition from a standalone film to a miniseries. This is the story... Of Obi Wan Kenobi. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production.
2: Yes, Monster. Monster! Whoa, well, we're gonna have the, point, the more you tighten your window, the more star systems will slip to be your fingers. I want to learn the ways of the force and become a Jedi like my father. The force will be with you.
0: Always. Like most things in the Star Wars universe, the return of Obi-Wan Kenobi was an idea sparked by hope. Audiences in 1977 loved the Jedi Master, and Alec Guinness's portrayal anchored the space story in ways that were both mystical and relatable. As a mentor to Luke Skywalker, both in corporal form and in spirit form throughout the original trilogy, Obi-Wan earned his place as a legendary hero of the Silver Screen.
3: No, my father didn't fight in the wars. He was a navigator on a spice freighter. That's what your uncle told you. He didn't hold with your father's ideals,
2: thought he should have stayed here and not gotten involved.
3: You fought in the Clone Wars?
2: Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. I wish I'd known him. He was the best star pilot in the galaxy. And a cunning warrior. I understand you've become quite a good pilot yourself. And he was a good friend.
0: At the turn of the century, George Lucas recruited Scottish actor Ewan McGregor to play a younger version of Kenobi for his prequel trilogy. McGregor, known for his role as a heroin addict in 1996's dark and hyperkinetic film Trainspotting, was up for the challenge. He captured the essence of Guinness, and was one of the highlights of the prequels.
4: Why
2: do I get the feeling you're going to be the death of me? Don't say that, master. You're the closest thing I have to a father. Then why don't you listen to me? I am trying.
0: After Disney purchased Lucasfilm in 2012, the company announced its plans to release a sequel trilogy and a mix of standalone, genre specific films. The Force Awakens, the seventh episode in the Skywalker saga, premiered in 2015. A year later, in December of 2016, the first standalone film, The War-Tinged Rogue One, would make its debut. But earlier in 2016, speculation began to bubble around the possible subjects of additional anthology films. Some of the rumors pointed to stories focusing on Yoda and Boba Fett, but there was one character whose name came up again and again in conversations, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Fans of the prequels loved Ewan McGregor. He was that generation's Han Solo, the iconic hero who became an older brother to the younger main character. McGregor was also the perfect age to play Obi-Wan in a period yet unexplored by Star Wars filmmakers and screenwriters. And apparently, McGregor also saw the potential of a Kenobi story that would fit nicely between the two sequels. While promoting the Miles Davis biopic *Miles Ahead* in March of 2016, McGregor was asked by Collider reporter Steve Weintraub about the possibility of an Obi-Wan spin-off film.
3: Because a lot of people are wondering, have you met with Kathleen Kennedy to talk about? They're doing these anthology movies for Star Wars. A lot of people would love to see an Obi-Wan with you standalone movie. Uh, have you had those conversations?
2: I'd, I'd, I'd very much like to do one too. I think the story between episode three and episode four, I think there's a story there. What I think that that's the Obi Wan Kenobi movie, if there is one, is after um, sort of the the one that bridges my my Obi Wan Kenobi and Alec Guinness's Obi Wan Kenobi, and because um, there's what twenty year? Th- th- I don't know how long he's in the desert there, but there's got to be twenty or thirty years. Well,
3: there's definitely the there's definitely room to play with something there. Yeah, to it could be literally anything. And what excites a lot of people is how Rogue One takes place before Star Wars. Right. You know, it's like the ceiling of the Death Star plans, yeah. which shows they're willing to play in that time period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as a studio. Yeah. So you have? Have you met with her? Have you had the conversations? Um. I'm not sure that
2: I'm at liberty to say, really, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm really, I think that I, I'm very interested in doing that. That would be great.
3: Sure. A lot of people also wanted to
2: know. Um, maybe,
3: maybe there's even a trilogy of, you know. Listen, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I, think, I think that I would love to see you fighting with a lightsaber again. Me too.
0: A month later, McGregor clarified the statements he made during another interview, this time during the publicity tour for his film Last Days in the Desert. When asked if Lucasfilm had any response to his statements, he said, No, I just get asked about it all the time now. People think that I'm campaigning to get a spinoff film, and I could care less. I said I would do it. If they asked me to, I would be happy to. But it looks like I am campaigning for it just because I get asked about it all the time. So I would like it to be known that I don't bring it up at these interviews, of my own free will. I only respond to questions I'm asked to. I don't know anything about it. They've never approached me about it. While he seemed to show interest in furthering the character's story, many fans wondered if Disney would actually pursue an Obi-Wan anthology. And although it didn't rule out the possibility of an Obi-Wan film, in many people's minds, it pushed it further down the timeline, if it were to ever happen at all. During the promotional tour for the spy thriller Our Kind of Traitor, McGregor was asked again about stepping into the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi. He replied, I made three movies amongst however many others. And that's what they were to me. Three movies amongst a bunch of other ones. I was very happy with them. I'm very happy to have been in them. I like that they were films that children could watch for the first time in my career. He added, I was very happy to be in them, and that's where it ends for me. I don't have a burning need to do them again. Or indeed, any sort of fascination for the movies that everyone else seems to have. I don't seem to have that. Maybe because I've been in them? I've seen behind the curtain. It doesn't have the same sort of wonderment to me. Although his comments seemed to be sincere and pretty straightforward, was he saying this because he truly felt indifferent about returning as Obi-Wan? Or was this a PR-guided attempt to throw fans and reporters off the scent of plans that might have been happening behind closed doors? Ewan McGregor ended the year on a hopeful note. On the red carpet for the premiere of his film American Pastoral, McGregor once again acknowledged that there were no plans for a Kenobi film, but playfully teased the idea. He said, It would be fun to film that story now I'm older. I'd be the right age. I'm 45. Alec Guinness was what, 60? I could do two of them. Talk surrounding a Kenobi anthology film seemed to pick up again in the summer of 2017. Joel Edgerton, the actor who portrayed Luke Skywalker's uncle Owen Lars in the prequel trilogy, mentioned he would be interested in returning for an on-screen Star Wars story. Edgerton shared his take on his character in an interview promoting his upcoming film, It Comes at Night. He fantasized about learning that Owen Lars formerly led a secret adventurous life, and then returned from that adventure and adopted an unassuming role as a moisture farmer. But he said he was open to playing Lars again, or any character in the Star Wars universe. Two months later, that dream drew closer to becoming a realistic possibility. In the afternoon of August 17th, 2017, the trade site The Hollywood Reporter broke the exclusive news. An Obi-Wan Kenobi film was in the works. Details at the time were scant. The article announced that the production was in the earliest phases and lacked a script. The only name attached to the film at that point was director Stephen Daldry, Daldry, a successful filmmaker, had been nominated by the Academy for his work on Billy Elliot and The Hours, and earned an Emmy for his work on the Netflix series The Crown. At the time, Daldry was in talks with Lucasfilm to oversee the project. The article mentioned Ewan McGregor, but only as an actor who formerly played the Jedi Master. It stressed that without a script, no actors had been selected yet. After the announcement, film sites and fans began to speculate on the time period in which the Kenobi movie would take place. The Hollywood Reporter continued its coverage, exploring the three most likely eras a script would cover. The first was the years leading up to Obi-Wan's appearance in 1999's Episode One, The Phantom Menace. The second, which the author listed as the least probable, was the era after Episode 2's Attack of the Clones. Star Wars audiences were treated to many of these stories in the Lucas-helmed Clone Wars series, which provided approximately 60 hours of continuous content. The third choice seemed to be the most obvious, and was one targeted by Ewan McGregor in interviews the previous year. The Dark Times Those years between the end of Episode 3's Revenge of the Sith and Episode 4's A New Hope. It was arguably ripe for tension, testing the strength and character of one of the surviving Jedi hiding on a desert planet, waiting for the son of Anakin Skywalker to grow up so he could train him. All while the Empire continued to grow in power and stake its claim throughout the entire galaxy. The popular media site Entertainment Weekly also reported on the Hollywood Reporter's scoop, but with one caveat. Production was more about if it happens than when it would happen. An unnamed source called the announcement premature at best, and with good reason. The Skywalker saga, then months away from the release of The Last Jedi, was still in flux. When Rey touched Luke's saber in The Force Awakens, she heard the voice of Ben Kenobi call out to her through the Force. And at the end of 2016, Entertainment Weekly's Anthony Bresnican shared a rumor that Lucasfilm was holding off on preparing a Kenobi script because the team was waiting to see if Obi-Wan would return in the sequel trilogy, and what his possible connection would be to Rey. On the Slash Film podcast, director Kyle Newman captured the excitement and potential of a Kenobi series focused between episodes three and four. How did we get tricked into making a whole new set of Star Wars prequels? And I know Kyle's a uh, prequel uh, supporter, <laughs> defender, uh, but it seems like somehow with these spin-off movies, I thought we were going to get these new stories in a galaxy far, far away, but now we're just getting a set of more
4: prequel origin stories kyle are you excited about this i am thoroughly excited about it and here's why i don't look at it as a prequel origin i feel like we've already gotten uh obi-wan's early life i feel like if this is going to be going down it's got to be set between the two trilogies and i also feel like there's a lot of rich territory to cover i don't see this as a small film. I see Obi Wan as a wandering samurai, like all the great Kurosawa films, a man of honor and a culture that no longer has a need for him. He almost has to keep his identity under wraps. He's living with guilt. He's living with massive failure because he and Yoda failed at the end of Revenge of the Sith. I think dramatically it's set up in such a nice way, yet he also has to remain uh, rooted on Tatooine, remain in vigil as a sentinel watching over the, you know, one of the last hopes. Um, They go into hiding He and Yoda Like two Sith They're down to just Two of them There's some nice Symmetry to it all And I mean I wrote a story About this years ago I wanted to do As a a comic book Almost before they Took over uh, Marvel took over And it was I mean It's it's a great little tale And I think it's Something that Obviously I thought could be Heavily mined And I think they're Going to go even Further with it as As a film Because Um, he's got an obligation now to something. He swore to Yoda, and he swore to the future, and he swore to this child, and he knows the importance of it. Yet at the same time, he's going to watch and hear about terrible atrocities unfolding around the galaxy. Um, So there's just a lot of conflict built into it. That's where they're going with it, and I hope that is. Star Wars, always borrowed from old Japanese cinema, samurai mythology. Obi-Wan is literally that wandering samurai. Uh, the character that's in all those great Kurosawa films. I mean, I think there's... And Star Wars is best. It's at its best when it's an amalgamation of many genres, when it's pulling from other films, not when it's eating itself alive from inside out. So this is a great opportunity to go back to something simpler, mythic,
0: um, foreign. A week after The Hollywood Reporter broke the news, Omega Underground uncovered the working title for the film. A production listing referred to the project as Joshua Tree, and the thought behind the title's choice was a logical one. Joshua Tree National Park is a desert environment, similar to where George Lucas filmed Tatooine sequences for the first Star Wars film. And if this was an intentional illusion, then it offered a clue as to the film's location and time period. A return to Tatooine between trilogies. The Omega Underground discovery also revealed further information about the film's production. Filming was to begin in 2019 at Pinewood Studios, the production facility used for every Star Wars film since Disney acquired Lucasfilm. Heading into 2018, the new year brought up familiar questions to the yet unattached actor Ewan McGregor. During a backstage press event at the Golden Globes in January, McGregor briefly quashed any rumors of his involvement in the Kenobi film. Hello in the back. Congratulations. Uh, obviously, congratulations for this. And we love all your work, especially Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know that there's been a lot of talk of wanting you back and you would be interested in it. What's the situation right now with that?
2: Just that. There's a lot of talk and I'd be happy to play them again, but I I don't know any more about it than you do. There's no um, plan at the moment. I love the new one. I saw the new one just uh, over Christmas and I thought it was really, really beautiful. I loved it.
0: Months later, in May, gossip site TMZ acquired a production sheet similar to the one obtained by Omega Underground. The site shared a very brief synopsis of the film, most likely a placeholder, as the script was still in development. It described Obi-Wan coming out of hiding on Tatooine to help end a war between the local moisture farmers and a tribe of Tusken Raiders, or sand people. That summer, UK tabloid The Sun reported a rumor that McGregor would return as Obi-Wan. However, the source insisted that McGregor was secretly filming his portrayal of the character for J.J. Abrams' Episode IX film, for either an on-screen role or as a voiceover. But the rumor also arrived with bad news that for some reason, Obi-Wan's appearance in Episode Nine would essentially cancel the chance that an Obi-Wan standalone film would be made. This seemed to be a reality due to the underwhelming box office performance of Solo, the young Han Solo standalone film that premiered in May. Solo pulled in $84.4 million its opening weekend and grossed almost $200 million domestically in its first month but the numbers were far inferior to Rogue One's performance in 2016, which reached $155 million in its opening weekend and an impressive $424 million within a month. There were a few possible reasons for Solo's stumble. The film was the first one of the Disney era to be released in May instead of December, and had to compete with a number of consecutive blockbuster releases that year. Episode 8's The Last Jedi, released six months before Solo, was the most divisive Star Wars film to date, and the anger over the film's storyline may have deterred frustrated moviegoers. And by 2018, it appears Star Wars fatigue had begun to set in among fans. Around that time, rumors spread that Lucasfilm, shaken by the performance of its most recent standalone, put the other anthology films on hold. This included the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. It was reported that Stephen Daldry, who was set to direct, had passed on the project in early May. But apparently, the company was not giving up on the standalone stories just yet. A source tied to Lucasfilm said the company hadn't slowed down development, but was licking its wounds. When asked about the effect of Solo's box office performance, another source said, It doesn't mean those spinoffs don't happen. It just means they're trying to figure out how to make and market them differently. In September of 2018, Disney CEO Bob Iger discussed the company's challenges with the model of releasing a Star Wars film every year. As Disney's leader, Iger took the blame for the issues, saying it was a case of too much, too fast. He admitted that Disney would slow down its production schedule and would be more careful about volume and timing of the theatrical releases. For the moment, Lucasfilm shifted its focus to finishing the sequel trilogy with Episode 9, slated for 2019. A Kenobi spin off film would have to wait. Adding to this idea was Ewan McGregor's insistence that while he would be up for reprising the role, that there were no plans in the works for an Obi-Wan film of which he was aware. Here is Ewan with the cast of the daytime talk show The View, being asked yet again about returning to the Star Wars universe.
3: What else is beautifully done that I just have to talk about is the Star Wars trilogy. I mean, I'm sitting next to Obi-Wan, right? Oh. Uh, <laughs>
4: Obi-Wan the
2: Kenobi, the young Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, there has been a lot of talk about maybe you coming back?
4: Yeah.
2: If George Lucas calls you, are you in? Yes, I, I would yes. totally do it, of course. Oh! But, yeah. oh. Yeah. There's, no, there's no plans as such to do it, uh, as far as I know, but I've been, it's so funny, I've been asked this question for years and years, it's, and I've, I would be happy to do it. I think there must be a good story to tell as they're doing spin-offs, there should there, yes. there's likely to be a good Obi-Wan between maybe me and Alec Guinness in that there time. Must yeah. be. But um yeah, but, yeah I've answered yes so many times, it looks like I'm sort of touting for work at Disney's <laughs> door. No, you know I mean? know that you're <laughs> no, we're time quite for busy. It's
1: <laughs> fine. <laughs>
0: In February of 2019, the website Star Wars News Net posted a prescient tip from an insider regarding the future of the Kenobi movie. The insider confirmed that the film had been in the works, and was set to go into production in the spring of 2018, but was put on hold as Lucasfilm and Disney reassessed its Star Wars release strategy. Instead, the fate of the Kenobi story would align with the birth of Disney+ a new Disney-themed streaming service introduced by Iger in November. The service was set to reach households in the United States a year later, in November of 2019. February's rumor report described the Kenobi story as a limited TV series comprised of as many as six episodes and would air on Disney+. And while it was just a rumor at the time, and likely one of many for a ravenous fan base it seemed to be a rational one. After all, standalone films proved to be financially risky investments for Disney. And if Disney Plus was to be a worthy competitor against established powerhouses like Netflix and Amazon, then Disney could not simply rely on its former content. It needed to take advantage of its beloved intellectual properties and to produce original shows that would attract and retain subscribers in the same way a series like Stranger Things did for Netflix. But the Star Wars Newsnet article received very little traction, whether it was purposefully quelled by Disney's PR team, or if readers chalked it up to being merely more of the unsubstantiated noise in an ever-spinning news cycle. Six months later, however, the rumor surfaced again, this time gaining momentum across the media landscape. On August 15th, some of the larger trade publications published articles regarding the Kenobi story. The Hollywood Reporter confirmed that Ewan McGregor was in negotiations to return as Obi-Wan Kenobi, and that the story would indeed shift to the small screen as one of the tentpole offerings on Disney+. The Hollywood-themed site Deadline predicted that Disney would announce both the series and McGregor's official return to the role at the company's D23 conference the following week. And Deadline also noted that while a transition from film to television might seem like a demotion, the series became more important than ever. It would play a part in the future success of the Disney Plus streaming service. And that brings us to the D23 Conference, held on August 23rd. The Mandalorian trailer wrapped up an exciting Star Wars panel, and Kathleen Kennedy returned to the stage to officially welcome Ewan McGregor back to a galaxy far, far away.
1: Before leaving, we do have one more announcement. After secrets and fibs and not being able to talk about it, I am thrilled to bring out a beloved member of the Star Wars family. Music swells.
2: Kathleen, Kathleen, can you ask me, in front of all of these people, all of these witnesses, can you please ask me, am I going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again?
1: Ewan? Yes? Are you going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again? Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: After the panel, Kennedy spoke to Entertainment Weekly about the series.
1: Well, I can tell you that we're so excited because we've got the scripts pretty close to being finished. And this is something that, I mean, we know internally we've wanted this for so long, but we know how much the fans want it, too. And we know we have to get it right. And the fact that Ewan wanted to come back, and he's so excited to play the character of Obi-Wan again. And he really does embody who Obi-Wan is and and to think that Alec Guinness is who was really his mentor and now he's stepping into those shoes for this series, It's, it's really exciting.
0: Kennedy also confirmed that scripts for the series were already written and that shooting would begin in 2020. At the end of the month, the online web series The Star Wars Show exclusively revealed when the Kenobi story would take place. Ewan McGregor is back as Obi-Wan Kenobi in an all-new live-action series coming to Disney+. The Untitled series is
3: set eight years after the events of Revenge of the Sith and will go into production next year. It's only set eight years
0: after because that's how much older he's gotten in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it's science or something.
0: The Obi-Wan Kenobi series had its actor. It had its scripts and a general time frame to go into production. Now, it needed its director. On September 27th, Disney announced that director Deborah Chow would helm the series. Earlier that year, Chow had directed two episodes of the first season of the then-upcoming Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. Regarding Chow, Kennedy said, We really wanted to select a director who was able to explore both the quiet determination and rich mystique of Obi-Wan in a way that folds seamlessly into the Star Wars saga. Based on her phenomenal work developing our characters in The Mandalorian, I'm absolutely confident Deborah is the right director to tell the story. In an interview with the New York Times, Chow explained the core of her approach to both the character and the story. The story. She said, The situation is so complex, both for Obi-Wan personally, and in a way, the state of the galaxy, you sort of need time to explore it. And to be honest, there are loads of other stories within that period as well. It's quite a few years. There's so much going on between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope that hasn't been explored. The idea of being able to go into a character journey, plus the politics and plus all the vastness of the Empire and what's going on, is exciting, just because it feels like a proper period of history, and sometimes that is hard to do in two hours. She also mentioned how Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni mentored her during the filming of The Mandalorian. The showrunners helped to prepare her for the challenge of taking on the Kenobi series by showing her the importance of detail within the Star Wars universe and the power of trusting her instincts as a director. Hossein Amini, the writer responsible for films like Drive and The Alienist, oversaw the scripts for the series. Amini was recommended by Stephen Daldry, Kenobi's original screenwriter, when it was still being considered for a theatrical release. Once Lucasfilm made the news official, Ewan McGregor could finally breathe a sigh of relief. During a conversation with Conan O'Brien, he shared the exhaustive process of keeping his return to the role a secret, and what it means to him to play the character Alec Guinness first made famous.
3: You are returning, uh, people are so excited about this, uh, for this great television project as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. This has got to be very exciting for you. Uh, people are jazzed. Yes. It's exciting because it's exciting I can
2: finally say that I'm doing it. It's been years of pretending that, oh, I don't know. Well, because I get asked all the time. Every time I do an interview, it always comes up. You know, would you would you do it again? And there's all this speculation. And I had to just lie because they don't... They, you know, the studios and the franchise. they want to keep everything secret. And right. I understand that. But it comes down to me in a situation where I'm having to actually lie to people and say, well... I, I don't know. I, I would be up for it if they ever want to do it. And it, it started, and you've known for years now. Yeah, I, well, we've been talking about it for a long time. But it started looking like I was sort of trying to tout for the job. Like yeah. I was trying to get the get the job of Obi Wan again. You yeah. know, at Disney's door saying hello, sir. I,
3: yeah. Yeah. I'm available. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 would you? Uh, you know, obvi- I mean, famously, you had to take over this role that was immortalized by the great Alec Guinness, yeah. and you did this remarkable job. And so. Much time has gone by. Do you feel like you're 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 getting closer? Yes. Not even nearer to the age that Alec Guinness like, was when he did it. Thank, thank you goodness. For that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Bless you. Alec <laughs> Guinness was, I think, 140 when That's he did right. it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But um, but at least <laughs> you've had more life experience. Yeah. You can really play him at a different period in life. Yes.
2: I mean the the most satisfying thing about those films other than the some of the fight sequences which were amazing to do was was the study of Alec Guinness and trying to trying to be believably him as a younger man that was as an acting challenge that was the the most satisfying thing about those movies and so now that's the same except I'm just closer to the age he was when he played that film so it'll be interesting to to play him now and also it being post- you know, plot-wise, the three films that I made already. It's after that, obviously. Right. So, you so can have... if there's a bit of there's a bit of story plot there. There's a nice arc that you yes, can play with. I hope so.
0: And while McGregor, Chow, and the rest of the Obi Wan team was excited for the direction of the series, the next two years would be filled with challenges. Putting the series on hold in January, dealing with a global pandemic a month later, losing the show's writer. These are some of the obstacles Lucasfilm faced in bringing the Kenobi story to Disney Plus on May 27th, 2022. But that's a story for another time. Stay tuned for more on Star Wars, prototypes and production.
2: So I think by the time it ended in 2003, I was like, okay, thank you very much. I'll see you later. And um, it's only really once I started feeling the appreciation for those films because at the time when they came out they were seemingly not liked very much the critics didn't weren't very kind about our films and that's sort of the taste that was left in my mouth was a, was a negative one from them but over the years that have passed since then i've realized i've met a lot of people who were kids when we made those films really who we were making them for and i realized <clears throat> there's this love for the prequels from the generation we made them for who for them our star wars films are their star wars films and that that means a lot to me. So that's been nice over the years to feel, to start to feel that, even if it's years later.